Let's get out to the zone phone now, though, because a guy who knows both Tanner Mangum really well and Zach Wilson and their football careers, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, is nice enough to join us. Greg, uh, thank you for giving us a few moments of your time, and uh, I understand you're covering soccer these days, and we're going to step away from the beautiful game for a moment and talk the ugly game football. That's all good, Austin. Thank you, and Tanner, good to be with you. And, yes, I'm out here in uh, outside of Cary, North Carolina, uh, suburban Raleigh, uh, the NCAA women's soccer tournament and men's tournaments happening here in this area for the next month. And uh, the BYU women's soccer team starts their run in the second round tomorrow. And so we're getting ready for BYU in Virginia tomorrow afternoon. And hopefully the Cougs are out here for a while. Yeah, a month stay there in North Carolina. That'd be, that'd be fun. But let, let's talk about Zach going number two overall to the Jets last night, Greg. Tanner and I were talking earlier about how uh, we, we all saw the potential of Zach Wilson. We didn't mis- necessarily see him going number two overall when he first stepped on campus there in Provo. What are your takeaways from this moment? Well, I'm sure Tanner has a really good perspective on things um, because he got to see, you know, the, the early development of, of Zach Wilson and some of the things that would make Zach special as a true freshman. And, and the way the freshman season ended – with that perfect bowl game was kind of a jumping off point or a springboard. Everybody thought for his sophomore season and and a lot of detractors, you know, those who are out there, you know, pointed to that sophomore year saying, well, do you really know what you're getting with Zach Wilson? Because it was a so, so sophomore year. But I think Aaron Roderick was always really adept at pointing out, you know, that, that, that was a bad health year for Zach Wilson. Um, That they really raced against the clock to get him ready for his sophomore year after shoulder surgery, when in reality, I think I heard Aaron uh, represent or uh, offered this opinion the other day that it might have been a good a good redshirt opportunity for Zach as a sophomore, because it was such a race to get him ready, and and the arm strength maybe wasn't there to start the year. Then you throw in the hand injury or the thumb injury on top of that, and it was kind of a lost year in some ways, and it really didn't represent Zach at his full potential. So the sophomore year was kind of an outlier, I think, in, in terms of who he really was. And, and what you saw in his junior year was more of a natural progression and something that his freshman year, I think, would have hinted at. I think Tanner could speak to that, too. I think Tanner would say that the skills you saw, um, you know, Zach presented as a, as a freshman, were those you'd expect him to replicate and, and augment a, as a junior. 100%, Greg. Uh, by the way, great to, great to hear from you. Um, Greg, one of my all-time favorite BYU uh, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah lo- love. And he's got and, a great haircut too. <laughs> you, 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 you and him both. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, Greg, it's good, good to have you here. And and you're spot on with that uh, assessment. I, I I saw that potential and I saw that progression happening. And I agree with you that that 2019 year wasn't a, an accurate depiction of of what uh, was Zach offered. But uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, what what your thoughts are with him going to New York now, I mean, what's next? You know, obviously this was a, a huge accomplishment for both Zach and the BYU football program, but um, what do you think the next step is now for Zach, and what do you look to see from him in, uh, in New York? Well, sometimes, you know, a quarterback situation is, is directly correlated and tied to, you know, what's happening in front of him on the O-line, and that's why I thought it was such a really strong indication that the Jets so quickly follow up their pick of Zach Wilson with, uh, with reinforcements on the O-line. And I think it's more of an organizational commitment to Zach as well. It's just one pick, but I think there's symbolism in it. I, I think it's the Jets saying, we are going to give you every possible chance to succeed, 
and, and here's a good indication how and why. Um, because even the best of quarterbacks can really struggle in the wrong organizational setup or, or without the kind of offensive line that allows a quarterback to make some mistakes and still progress. I, I think a lot of quarterback you know, careers, if, if not ruined, have been hampered by, by their first organization and how much help they don't have or have in front of them and then how much pressure is put on them to perform immediately. And I think New York's one of those situations where the quarterback will be asked to perform immediately. You know, people look at Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, point at, the, at, at his career to this point and think about him basically going from Texas Tech to stardom. But you guys remember that that, that, that first year for Patrick Mahomes was a watch year. That was a sit year. That was an Alex Smith year. And, and Patrick Mahomes wasn't thrown directly into the fire. As good as he is, as great as he is, Andy made him watch for a year, a solid year behind Alex Smith. And what a great plan that was, right? People don't think give enough credit to Andy for that plan that year um, to bring Patrick Mahomes along. I mean, could he have started that, that year? Absolutely. But it was Alex's team that year, and Patrick learned and watched, and they gave him that, uh, that Week 17 game, I think, against Denver is my recollection back in, in Patrick's rookie season, and he showed that was his springboard game. You know, that that, that was his perfect bowl game, he's real, showing you what he could do at full strength. And and Zach may not be in the same situation, right? I think it's going to be a lot, a lot going to be expected of him immediately, and that's a little bit different than Pat. But I think Zach's somebody that could show, um, you know, the kind of ability to help that, that situation pay off. But remember back in the day, you know, even the best of quarterbacks weren't expected to carry teams right off the bat. And that's kind of changed in today's NFL in a lot of ways. Gregory Bell, voice of the Cougars, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So what, the, what does it do for the BYU football program, in your estimation, Greg, to have the number two overall pick in the NFL draft and a quarterback at that? Yeah, I, I think that the, the last thing you said is the most important thing. It's, it's a quarterback. And, and anybody, any, this gets you in anyone. BYU already could get indoors, right, Tanner? I mean, you know, the, the Cougars quarterback history is well-established enough. But I think this really gets you maybe a few more doors um, of quarterbacks who, who may not be LDS but may want to go to a school that can put them in the situation Zach was in. Again, Zach got drafted number two overall as a junior, all right? Half a freshman season as a starter, uh, a sophomore year that wasn't a complete season as a starter, really just one full season as a starting quarterback in a system that helped you know project him to the next level. And, again, most of the credit is due to Zach. That, 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 that's his arm out there. But – uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick and Coach Sitake, both Coach Sitakes, put him in good spots to succeed and really um, orchestrated things around his talents. I think it gets it gets you in a few more doors and it kind of you know helps to reestablish that identity that BYU has with the quarterback position. I think what follows though today and tomorrow will be equally as important. Uh, one of the great things about Utah football for a lot of years is the number of draft picks they could claim in the NFL. And, and not just one or two, you know, every other year hit and miss, but a consistent flow of talent through the college pipeline to the National Football League. And this should be and could be a year where BYU puts not one, but two, maybe three and four guys in the NFL as draftees. And that means a lot to recruits. As good as BYU's been, guys, at putting undrafted free agents in the NFL, multiple draft picks, I think, really resonate um, with, with today's student-athlete. And I think it's going to help BYU measurably. 100% I agree with you, Greg, especially with recruiting. It's something that I've talked about uh, is, is just how important winning is and how important getting guys to the NFL is in, in the recruiting game. So kind of building off this question, uh, talk about this added exposure now that BYU has gotten. I mean, you've seen 
uh, I mean, just look look at the pro day. You know, the amount of coverage that was on Provo, Utah. The amount of eyes that have been on Provo, Utah over the last six months or so. It's it's, it's more than the past few years combined. Talk a little bit about that. What you've seen as far as the social media exposure, national media talk. Um, I mean, you you were there during the Jimmer years. You know, I think th- those uh, those years got a lot of eyes on Provo. But talk about the exposure that Provo's gotten over the last six months. Well, Tanner, I think there's value in looking the part. I, I think BYU, while not a P5 institution, presents a P5 profile to a lot of important entities. The NFL is, is, is among them. Um, and again, it, it's a visual thing. It's an optics thing. It's a logistics thing. But the way BYU presents a pro day to the National Football League, I think really resonates. And, and it, it says to those, you know, those teams and, and that league, yeah, we're not truly P5 by, by affiliation. But we are we are P5 in appearance. We're P5 in presentation. We're, we're P5 in talent. P5 in scheduling. Uh, P5 in a lot of important salaries that can be offered to coaches. Um, I, I think that matters. And and so BYU is doing the very best job it can without that you know P5 designation. Um, and you know the, the one thing lacking is, is the entree to the true, you know, postseason windfall that hasn't been there yet for BYU. But I think they're doing everything but that to show that they can compete at the very highest levels in every other way. Greg, one last thing while we have you. Uh, what's next at quarterback for BYU in your uh, best guess as we've just concluded spring? Well, I, I look forward to the August competition, which I think will truly be open. And, and yet it's kind of an, not, not truly an embarrassment of riches, but truly uh, a bevy of options for Coach Roderick in his first year as, as the full OC at BYU. Um, whichever choice they make, um, they're going to be in great shape because you know, he'll make clearly the best choice for BYU, operating around the best talents to give the Cougars a chance to succeed. And so many of them have such varied skill sets that I think it's going to be a fascinating and an intriguing competition. Because you know, they're not, not not everyone has all their eggs in the same basket from ability standpoint in, in that group right now. And Tanner could speak to it, you know, better than anybody. Um, you know, but you know, Jaron Hall presents an entirely different profile than you know that than Conover does, or uh, and, and or even or even you know Baylor for that standpoint. And I think that there's a bit of a risk reward thing involved when you go the Jaron route. Um, you risk what was at risk last time when Jaron got the play and that's, you know, can, can he take the physical, um, you know, punishment that comes with that kind of style of quarterback play. And, you know, not, not that Zach was averse to running. We all know how, how gifted he was as a runner, but I think the BYU staff made a pretty clear decision too, that we're not going to, you know, treat Zach Wilson like a true dual threat quarterback. They needed to keep him healthy for 12 games. And I think although he ran and ran effectively, there was a real distinct approach in terms of how we're going to run this guy. And that's not the approach you take with Jaron Hall. Otherwise, you minimize his, his effectiveness. Jaron has to be used a certain way. But I think if you use guys like Jaron Hall, you have to be prepared to have a number two and maybe a number three guy ready because this past year, guys, was the outlier. It's rare that BYU gets through a season starting just one guy. And in, in 2020, Zach was that one guy, but it had been a long time um, since it was Taysom Hill for one year where they got a 13-game starter. And then before that, you go to Max Hall. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen frequently where you can make it through with just one guy. That's why I say no matter who wins the competition, it may not be the only guy you're worried about this year. Good point. Something to keep an eye out and watch for. Uh, Greg Rubel, a testament to uh, a wise man once said, 
that our best Canadians come from Canada, and Gregor Bell's a testament to that. So, very very wise words, uh, Austin. I'm not saying I'm not, not saying they're going to go on your headstone, but I hope that people always remember you for them. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Good to good See to you guys. Good to talk to you, you, Tanner. See you guys. Bye, Austin. That the story there is I was trying to. We were talking to Greg once because he's from Canada. We were talking to him about Rush, the Holy Triumvirate, and and uh, and uh, then we got into comedians. And I was trying to say some of the best comedians come from Canada. And I said, some you know what they say, some of the best Canadians come from Canada.